place, God. We adore you here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. We lift you up. We exalt you, God. God, I thank you for being here amongst us. I thank you, God, for healing us, for delivering us, for setting us free. I thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your loving kindness, God, that you bestowed upon us. Thank you for new mercies every morning. Now, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, as I go forth with your word, God, you speak for me, you speak through me. And I bind every attack and every assignment the enemy was sent out against us today. I speak that it has been broken right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for a move of your spirit on today. Thank you that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Open your Bibles to Jeremiah 33. Let's hear what God has to say. Jeremiah 33. Hallelujah. The word of God now reads. Jeremiah 33. Hallelujah. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was shut up in the courts of the prison, saying, Thus says the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Let me read verse one again. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the courts of the prison saying, I want to talk on God is all knowing. God is all-knowing. God brought back to me this um, passage of scripture because we see here that Jeremiah, he's a prophet to the nations. And know that when God has a call on your life or when you're doing a work for the Lord and you speak in truth, the devil is going to get busy. And the devil is going to be mad because of who you are now that you're in him. So Jeremiah was shut up in prison because he was telling um, Judah, he was telling them that they were going to be led into captivity by Babylon. And the king that was in charge, I think it was Zedekiah, he was in charge and he didn't want to hear what Jeremiah had to say because it was telling them that they were going to go into captivity. So he locked Jeremiah up. How many know just because you in lockdown don't mean the word of God is not going to come to pass? Just because you in lockdown does not mean that the word of God is not going to come to pass. So I want to encourage you to let you know when you speak up, speak out, and you stand for what is right, people are going to be mad. 
And this is what people don't want to do. They don't want to speak the truth because they want to stay in, you know, with the rest of them that don't know God. When you know God and you know what he is and what he does, you want to speak on his behalf because that's how people are set free. So the enemy do do not, he don't want people to be set free because the Bible said knowing the truth is what makes you free. See, Jeremiah When God gave him this word, he was speaking the word to the people, but they didn't want to hear Jeremiah. So Jeremiah, when he was shut up in the prison, God came to him the second time. So God had to remind him again, even though Jeremiah, you in prison, my word is still going to come to pass. What you have spoken on my behalf, it is still going to come to pass. So if you are in a place right now in your life, whether it's dealing with your physical, your body, whether it's a spiritual, whether it's mentally, emotionally, whatever it is, you're in a place and it feel like you shut up, feel like you can't come out of that place. I'm going to tell you something. God will meet you right where you are. No matter where you are, God is there. And this is what God wanted Jeremiah to know. I'm here with you, Jeremiah. I hear you, Jeremiah. So he began to speak to Jeremiah in prison. So wherever you are, whether it's in a state of depression, whether whether it's oppression there, no matter what it is, God is there. Why? Because he's omnipresent. See, in this scripture, God is showing him, Jeremiah, I'm here with you. Even though you in lockdown, Jeremiah, I'm still here. He was speaking to him the second time. Sometime God have to come back and remind us again. Why? Because we get down and out. Imagine being shut up in prison. Imagine speaking the truth, you doing what's right, but they put you in lockdown. This is what's happening now. When you speak truth, when you tell people God is above COVID-19, they think that you're crazy and they want to put you in lockdown. They want to shut you down because they feel like you bringing harm to me. We're bringing life unto them. We supposed to come into the house of the Lord, get taught the things of God and the things that we get taught, we carry it out of the house of God. This is why the enemy does does not want us to assemble together. He does not want us to come together because when we come together, it builds us up. It encourages us. It helps us to go on even when we feel like giving up. God brings us a word to say, arise, get up. Don't lay in that same place. You don't have to be in bondage. I have freed you. So God is everywhere. So he was letting Jeremiah know, I'm here with you. And God was reminding me, we know Psalms 46 6 1 says he is a present help right then in your time of trouble so you got to know all of us have to know I have to know God is here right now he's in this room he's here to help us he's here to strengthen us he's here to heal us no matter where we go God is there that's why when we look at the book of Psalms chapter 139 this is David talking And David was realizing, he said, Lord, he said, everywhere I am, you're there. He said, if I go to the heavens, you're there. God, if I make my bed in hell, God, you're there. God, he knew that God was everywhere he was. And that's what you have to know. No matter where you go, no matter what situation you're in, God is there. 
And then it reminds me of Jonah. Y'all know the story about Jonah. God told Jonah he wanted him to go to Nineveh and he wanted him to preach to Nineveh. And Jonah knew if I start preaching unto Nineveh, if I start telling them what God is saying, they, they're going to have a change of heart. Think about it, y'all. See, the enemy don't want truth to go out. He don't want people to hear truth. It is our job to give people the truth. In prayer, I was telling, asking the Lord, I said, Lord, it's so many people that are believing so much in COVID-19 that they're waiting on it to come to their house. It's so many people that have so much focus on that name when your name is above every name. I said, Lord, what would you have for me to do? What would you have for us to do? He says, speak truth. He says, sanctify them in truth. When we sanctify them in truth, we set them apart from what has been broadcast through the media. See, what we got to understand is Satan is the power of the air. He's going to use all the resources he can to get his point across. It is up to us to accept it or to reject it. This is why we have to be, you know, on social media talking about how good God is, talking about what God has already done. Why? It's going to change the minds of the people. That's why Jesus said, repent. He said, have a change of mind for the kingdom of God has come unto you. People are not going to know about his kingdom if you don't talk about his kingdom. You are kingdom citizens in spite of what the news say. Yes, this is what you see in the natural, but you are a supernatural being. You don't go on natural. You go on supernatural. You don't deny that it's not happening in the natural. You don't deny all the deaths that they say that COVID-19 is bringing. But you begin to lift up the name of Jesus. You begin to decree and declare what the word of God is saying unto you. We're spending too much time hearing what they have to say about COVID instead of spending time in the word of God and say, let me tell you what I have to say. We have to speak truth, y'all. If you sit there and allowing it to go into your ear gate, the things that you hear is what you're going to become. The Bible say for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. When things come to your house, you have to say, oh, no, you can't come here. I've been bought with the price. You can't knock on my door. You leave right now in the name of Jesus. See what we have to do when symptoms attack your body. You have to speak to that symptom before that symptom take root and begin to develop a disease or sickness. Because you're going to have the symptom first. Your body is going to react to how it is feeling. Remember, spirit, soul, and body. When your body have that feeling or have a pain, what's the first thing you're thinking about? You're thinking about where the pain is. Well, when somebody had that pain there, this is what they had, and they died of it. So your focus is on that pain instead of saying pain in the name of Jesus. You can't stay here. I'm not giving you a name because I know a name that's above every name. See, we always give something a name. We give it a name by what we hear, by what some something somebody has said. So we have to be careful. But God said, I want you to know I'm your present help. 
in your time of trouble. Your focus has to be on me and not in what you see. So Jonah was running from God because he knew if I speak a word unto these people, these people are going to humble themselves and they're going to turn to God. Because guess what Jonah tried to do, y'all? He tried to run from the presence of God. You can't get away from God. So no matter what you're doing in your life, no matter what you're getting ready to do or you're done, God is right there. God knows everything. And that's what I want to talk about. He's all knowing. So don't think that you are hiding from God. You cannot hide from God. This is why when people are committing sins, fornication, adultery, they're lying, they're stealing, they're doing all these things and they think God don't know. See, you're taking God with you, Christian folk, born again folk. Come on, look at David with Bathsheba. David was so infatuated with Bathsheba, he took his eyes off of God. He put his eyes on adultery. And as he do it, as he did it, he opened a door for murder. He opened a door for lying. And guess what? At the end of the day, God had to send David a prophet to let David know what he had done. David received the word from the Lord. He said, I didn't sin against man. I sinned against God. So that's what we got to understand is quit worrying about man. We have to understand who the God is that we serve. He knows everything, y'all. He knows your thoughts and everything. So the first part of that verse is letting us know that we're not alone even when we're in shutdown. We're not alone. God is there. So if you feeling like you alone today, get over and say, God, I know you're here with me. You said you would never, ever leave me nor forsake me. So Jonah, he went in the boat and he thought God couldn't find him. And y'all know what happened. Everything, um, the storm came and they didn't know what to do. Jonah said, throw me overboard because he knew he was the problem because he was running from God. So that's what we have to do. We don't want to be a hindrance to people when we're running from God. Amen. We want to say, God, here I am. So when he got in the belly of that fish, what did he do? He began to thank God. He began to recognize and we know that that fish spit him out. So that first verse is letting us know that God is with us. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere. Don't forget that. No matter what situation you're in, God is with us. God is with us. Tell your neighbor, say, God is with you. Say, no matter how bad it look, God is with you. Say, he is a present help in your time of trouble. So that's what we don't want to forget, y'all. He is a present help. He's present. He's everywhere. And then in verse 2. In verse 2 it says, thus says the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord who formed it, who established it, the Lord is his name. So see Jeremiah, go to 32, 17, when Jeremiah was praying unto God, this is what Jeremiah said in 32, 17. He said, ah, ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm and there's nothing too hard for thee. See, Jeremiah, he was praying unto the Lord. He was letting him know, you Elohim, you're the creator, you're the maker, you established everything. So you got to realize who God is. When you realize who God is, you can make it. 
So he was reminding him, God came right back and began to tell Jeremiah that he is Elohim. You know, everything that happened to these people dealing with Jerusalem, you know, making them know I'm Elohim, I'm the maker, I established it, I formed it. So we got to know that he is Elohim. Go back to Genesis. In the beginning, God created. It did not say man. It said God. So God wanted to take our mind off of man and put our mind on him, meaning that we have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, if God created everything, I want y'all to really think about this. If God created everything, including us, don't you know he knows? So why wouldn't we want to go to a God who knows? You know why? Because we are too infatuated with man. We are too in tune with man. If man say it ain't going to work, we say, well, they say it is not going to work. But what did God say? See, God is above man. And until you see God above man, you're going to make flesh your arm. Your dependency is going to be on man. But if your dependency and trust is on Elohim, the creator, you're going to always go to him no matter how bad it looks. You're going to go to God because you know that he is God. God created everything. When you look up and you see the heavens, when you look down here and you see the earth and you see everything, this was not man's doing. It was God's doing. Man could not do this. This was El El Yon, the most high God. He's the self-existing God. He didn't need nobody to create him. When we look to him for who he is, we will have a change of mind. We will have a change of heart. So somebody got to tell people God God is Elohim. He is the creator. He know all about you. I like how when David, when we go back to Psalms 139, we know that God is the creator. David recognized that in Psalms 139. See, when we read the word of God and we take the word of God for what it is, life, we don't just go into the word of God just to say we read it. When we open this Bible, we say, God, I want the life of God. The life of Christ to breathe on me as I'm going into this word, God, quicken me according to your word. Make this word come alive to me. God, I'm not leaving out of this word, God, until you speak to me. And as you're reading the word, it's a verse of scripture that begin to light up. It begins to illuminate. You begin to have some revelation on that. God is beginning to speak to you. He's beginning to give you life from his word. Remember Ezekiel 37 when God had to take him in the spirit. See, you got to be in the spirit. You cannot be in the flesh to get anything from God. Those that are in the flesh, you don't receive nothing from God. But when you're walking in the spirit, when you're walking in the life of God, according to his word, guess what? God is breathing life upon you. This is why the scriptures need to be read out loud. Why? Because it changes the atmosphere. As you're speaking God's word as you're speaking the truth is going through the airwaves see he is the power of the air so as you begin to speak God's word and say by Jesus stripes I were already healed it's in the atmosphere and not only in the atmosphere as you begin to speak it over and over again guess what your body began to react to what you're saying See, that's why the word brings life. 
It don't bring de- death. It brings life. God is about life and he wants his people to have life and life more abundantly. It has gotten so bad now because of what has hit, you know, COVID-19, you finding out who people really are, even Christians. You finding out where people really stand because we got people wavering back and forth, back and forth. See, what the enemy want us to believe is what the world has to say. He don't want us to believe in what God has already said. Y'all, this is already written. It's not going to change. So we have to take the word of God for what it is. We have to say, God, this is what I see, but this is not what you said. And we have to use the word of God against everything that's coming up against us, that's attacking us. We have to keep our um, angels taking that word where it need to be taken. Remember I told y'all, Apostle reminded me of that teaching. We got our angels being unemployed. Unemployed means they're stagnated. They just sitting there because nobody is speaking the word of God. When you speak the word, the angels carry the word because they hearken unto the voice of God. They go out and do what God is sending them to do. See, what we're doing, instead of us speaking to that mountain, we're speaking to God about that mountain. But guess what? God said, I didn't say speak to me. I told you to speak to that mountain. So we have to speak to what's in front of us. We have to let it know. You don't have dominion over me. You don't have control over me. The Bible says, speak those things that be not as though they were. We got to quit sitting still and asking God to do something that he's given us the right to do. People always say God is in control, not down here. He is a sovereign God, but he's not in control down here. Read your Bible. He said, the heavens and the heavens are the Lord's. The earth he has given to the children of men. Nowhere in this Bible... In the book of Acts, when you look at how God, how Jesus trained those disciples, did y'all see how they used the word of God and God opened up the heavens for them to get done basically based on what they said? So God gave them control over the earth. God said, I'm going to give you control because whatever you bind on earth, check it out. He got to be buying down here first. Then it's going to be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. He ain't loosing nothing from heaven until you do what you got to do down here on earth. Some people say, well, if it's God's will, know what God's will is for you. If God said you're healed, that's his will. You're healed. If God said you're prosperous, that's his will. You're prosperous. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that you should prosper and be in good health. Guess what the kicker is? The key is as your soul shall prosper that soul that mind that will and that emotion have to be renewed on a daily basis so quit waiting on God God said I done done everything I'm waiting on you you have the keys to the kingdom use those keys that's why we have to come into the house of God and be taught the things of God some of us don't want to be taught Some of us think we know everything. Some of us want to just sit in front of the tube and hear what the news have to say. See, how long do you sit there before you realize they're not God? How long do you sit there to wait on what they have to say before you believe what God has already said? The news is there to inform us. 
But when it's outside of his way of doing, then we don't go on that. We go on what God is saying. Yes, I thank God for them telling you what the weather is going to be, be, you know, the next day. But we ain't going to sit there all day long and wait to see what's going to happen next. We already know through the word of God. You cannot let television be your God. You cannot sit there and hear everything they're saying and say it's true because man will lie. They're not God. Do you know when somebody um, get a report, what they do is they go out and talk to different people. Did y'all see dealing with the riots? The news stations were there, were they not? So they had to talk to different people because they could not be in every place at the same time. They're not like God. So they had to ask people what was happening, what was going on. I guarantee you everybody had a different way of saying it. So they had to put it together based on what they heard, didn't know if it was a lie and didn't know if it was truth, but they put it together so they can air it, so they can get your attention. What do we do as Christians? Were we waiting to hear what they said or were we before our father and say, father, what would you have for us to do at this time? See, when you look into man, you waiting on them to tell you. We don't look to man, we look to God. We belong to him. We are heirs of God and joint heirs to Jesus Christ. So we always look to what the word is saying. The word is your final authority. Take your mind off of the news. Put your mind on him. Yes, they are reporting this, but what are we doing? We have to begin to seek him. So we see in this verse that he is Elohim. In verse 2, we have to know that he created everything. God created everything. If he, if he didn't create it, it wouldn't be made. So that's what we got to understand. That's in St. John, the first chapter, verse two, it tells us if he didn't create it, it wouldn't be made. So God is Elohim. Y'all, we have to get to know him for who he is. We have to get to know him. So verse one is letting us know that he is a present help in the time of trouble. God is everywhere. Verse two is telling us that he is Elohim. He is the creator of everything. Y'all, I just want this word to just penetrate your very being. I want this word to become illuminating. I want this word to become light to you. I want this word to shine above everything that's around you that's not like God. I want this word to become a fire that devours everything around you, a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. I want it to become a two-edged sword. The more you get into the word of God, the more the word begin to speak to you. The more the word becomes raiment to you. It becomes alive to you. But if you get in something else more than you get into the word, that's going to supersede what the word has to say. So this is why when things come in your mind that's contrary to the word, you say, oh no, I don't receive that. I cast you down in the name of Jesus. No, you're not coming in my thoughts today. I bind, get away from me. That's a lie. That's not what God has said. So you remind yourself with what God has said. That's why he says that we don't fight against flesh and blood. The fight is not against each other. It is the principalities, y'all. It is the spirit of darkness, the spirit of wickedness. That's what we're fighting against. So we see that God is reminding Jeremiah 
the second time. So God have to come in and remind us again. So verse three is one that said, if you call unto me, that mean God said, I want you to seek me. I want you to call unto me. How do you do that in prayer? Y'all prayer is the key. When the riots is going on, when you see there's so much evil in the world, we begin to pray according to the word of God. We begin to call on him. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee. We have to believe that when we go to him in prayer, God is going to answer. Before we even go to him, we, we should know that God has already answered. Go with me to Isaiah 65. Verse 24, I love this. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. And God is so on it. He's so right because I was asking him a question. And before I can even finish it, God had already answered. I said, God, there you go. Then he referred me to that verse of scripture in Isaiah. God already know y'all. So this is the thing. We have to go to the one that knows. We can't go to somebody that that think they know. We have to go to the one that knows. So he said, call on me. Go to him in prayer. Seek him while he can be found. If you look in the Bible, we see even with Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, when things was coming at him, three armies rose up against him. What did he do? He began to seek the Lord because he already knew that God knew the outcome. He already knew that God had the answer. So he had to humble himself and say, God, I don't know. But I know you do. He had to humble himself. So when we go to God in prayer, we have to be in a humbling state. We have to be in a position to say, God, it's not about me. It's all about you. God, I want to hear what you have to say today. You told me if I call upon you, you will answer me. You will show me great and mighty things. I don't know. You have to know you don't know. And that's the problem. We think we know everything. We think we can fix everything. Some of us feel like we're above God. You got to come down off your high horse. Some of us think we're making the right decisions. But the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And all of these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom. Y'all, the kingdom have everything that we need. So when it's trouble down here on earth, we're going to look up to heaven, to our father and say, father, you already know what's going on. But father, you're my answer. You told me if I call on you in this situation, God, you will answer me. So I need an answer. So God, I'm going to wait on you. It looks bad, but God, I know that what the enemy means for harm, you're going to turn it around and you're going to make it for my good. So no matter how bad it looked, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to depend on you because you Elohim, God, you omniscient. God, I know that you're here. You said you won't leave me. And I know you not going to leave me in this state like this. I know you're not going to be made ashamed of through me because when I trust you, God, you're not going to be made ashamed of no matter how people look at me, no matter how people talk about me, God, I have to go on what you're saying and not on what I see. I don't go on my five senses. I don't go on how I feel. Faith is not a feeling, God. I'm going to believe you today. You said it now, God, if you said it, you got to do what you 
you said, because if you don't, you become a liar and you said that you're God and not man, that you should lie. God, you said your word ain't coming back to my, going back to you void and empty. God, your word is going out, God, to accomplish that which you please. So if I speak healing, healing is going to take place. It's not going back to heaven empty, God. If I say be healed, they already healed. I don't have to wait on the healing because God, you are the God that healeth thee. So you told me to use your word, God, and you're not going to be made ashamed of. We can't look to our bodies to say, God ain't God. Though the bodies are acting crazy, God, you're still God. You still sit on the throne. I am what you say I am. I can do what you say I can do. So we have to speak the word. Not only speak it, but we got to believe it. We give up on the word too quick. But we don't give up on man like that. We keep going to man over and over and over again. But when we be still and know God, the Bible say be still and know that I'm God. When you be still, you have the peace of God that passes all understanding. It guards your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Why? Because I'm not being anxious for anything. But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, I have made my request, made known unto God. Now his peace have come upon me and I'm going to be still and know that he is God because I know that he's here. This is what we have to do. We can't turn away from him and turn to everything else. We got to stand fast. We got to be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And how do we do it? Y'all, I'm going to tell you, it's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When you're standing on his word, when you know what God is saying, and you obey in his word, the enemy is going to turn up the heat twice as hot your body's gonna feel like he can't go no more because you speak in the word see the devil don't want you to speak the word because change is coming because of the word change has already come guess what in your spirit you already heal in your spirit you already delivered in your spirit come on you already prospered but you got to draw from your spirit through the renewing of your mind And that comes through the word of God. Then your body begins to react on what you believe. Your body, see, as a man thinketh in his heart, so does he become. Y'all remember I told you that when your body keep going through things over and over again. That's what your body gets used to. Just like when somebody's addicted to Coca-Cola, okay, or Pepsi, or Sun Drop, or Mountain Dew. Or you may have another one. I don't know. But when your body gets so addicted to that, and that's all you do is put that in your body. That's what your body go off of. So when you take that away from your body, you get the shakes. You get a headache. It ain't COVID. It's because you were addicted. Hello, somebody. I'm trying to help you out here. When you take something from your body that is used to, your body ain't getting it no more. So your body is going to have a reaction to what you took from it. So you're going to go through some shakes. You're going to go through some headaches. You're going to go through some night sweats. 
You're going to go through, Lord, I can't take it no more. Lord, don't seem like I can make it. Bring me the Pepsi. So you give prey to the Pepsi. You begin to drink the Pepsi and the body becomes calm. That's proven, right? Because that's what your body is used to. If you keep feeding your body on, I'm sick or I'm going to get sick. Or if I don't wear this mask, I did not say don't wear a mask. Hello? If I don't wear this mask, then I'm going to catch COVID-19. Yes, you are going to catch it. Because that's what you feed in your body. That's what you build in your mind up to believe. Anything you build your mind up to, your body is going to react to. I remember when I was going through depression. And when I was going through depression, my thinking was off. I was not thinking word-minded. I was thinking world-minded. So each time that when I was in my office and I worked in the hospital, you know, people would come in and they would have different symptoms and I would talk to them about their bill or whatever and they would talk about what was going on with them. Guess what, y'all? I was wide open because of fear to receive what they were saying. So I remember a girl had come into the office and she was talking about stuff she was going through in her body and da-da-da-da-da-da. And I'm sitting up there listening to her. By the time I got home, I told my husband, felt like I couldn't breathe. That was one thing she told me. I was wide open to it. Why was I wide open to it? Because of fear. See, the enemy know if I can give you fear of certain things and you keep it in your mind, your body is going to react according to what you're thinking. So this is why you can't be like a windshield wiper when it comes to your body. One day you can't say I'm healed. The next day you're saying I'm not healed. Then the next day I'm healed. Then the next day I'm not healed. Your body is going crazy. Your body don't know how to react because you're double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. When you build your body up according to the word of God, it's not going to take long for your body to be healed. You ain't going to need no help because the word of God is your help. So the more you speak over your body every day and you tell your body, you got to speak to your body. You telling God to speak. God said, you got to speak to your body. You got to tell your body what you want it to do. You're not telling your body out of fear. You're telling your body what it need on a daily basis. You speaking to your immune system. You're telling your immune system you're getting stronger and stronger every day. You're speaking to every part of your body and you're telling your body, this is what you're going to do today. So when we speak life to our body, that's what we're going to receive is life. Remember Ezekiel in, in Ezekiel 37, God took him out in the spirit and God began to tell Ezekiel how to speak over those bones. Check this out. Who told Ezekiel how to speak? But who had to speak? Uh, who? So why are we waiting on God to do something when God told Ezekiel what to do and Ezekiel had to do it? Go to Ezekiel 37. If we spend more time in the word of God being taught, we won't be going through as long as we've been going through. We're going to go through y'all. Y'all know that, right? Things are going to hit our house, but we don't have to accept what's coming to our house, right? Look at your neighbor say, I don't have to accept what's coming at me. 
Ezekiel 37, listen at this. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. Come on, who does that? Why would God take Ezekiel and set him in in a valley that was full of bones and cause me to pass by them round about? And behold, they were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. Come on, I believe some of us is going through a dry spell. And we got to speak the word of God over us to bring life. And listen what he said. He said, son of man, can these bones live? And I answer, oh, Lord, thou knowest. Oh, my goodness. See, this is what we have to know. Even though God asked us something, God, you already know. See, we got to put it back on God. God want to see if we think we know more than him. Come on, I love what Ezekiel said. Oh, God, you only know. See, we try to make people think we know everything. No, you don't. I don't care how many seminary schools you go to, cemetery. I don't care. You don't, you ain't going to know more than God. That's a form of pride. Have you ever went to a person and you explained something to them? I know. Okay, let's, let's get rid of that pride right now in Jesus' name. Because I'm bringing you a word from the Lord and you don't want to calm yourself down to hear what God has to say. So pride is in the midst of us. So we're going to bind pride right now in Jesus' name. So Ezekiel said, O Lord, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Look at that. Y'all, he told him he had to prophesy. He had to speak over those bones. Have you been speaking over your body? Have you been telling your body what your body's supposed to be doing? You need to say, body, hear the word of the Lord on today. I want you to hear what the word of God is saying unto you today. You speaking over your body with the word because you know how powerful the word of God is. If you don't know how powerful the word of God is, there's no point of you speaking it. God's word has all power, y'all. God's word will bring life. It will quicken us. That's what the word of God says to us. He said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. If we're dependent on something else to give us life, it's not going to give us the life that we need. The life that God wants us to have is everlasting life. It is a life that never ends. So we need to use his word and allow his word to manifest itself. And the more you use his word and allow his word to manifest, then you can go on to the next thing. So see, he told Ezekiel to speak. He told him what to speak. So we got to speak according to God's word. We can't take away from it. We can't add to it. Have we tried God enough to know who he is? Or have we given up on God because it don't look like it's what God wanted to be? So we give up after a day because our bodies is still having pain. So we say, well, the word ain't working. Let me go try something else. No, when you trust God, God's going to take care of you. When you have a word from the Lord, you have to continually stand on that word and say, God, in spite of this, that's not what you said. God, this is what you said. God, I'm going to believe in what you're saying and not going on how I'm feeling. So we see Ezekiel said that God knew. God knows y'all. So we got to call upon him. We can't be calling upon everybody else. We got to call upon him and know that he will answer us. Go to Mark 11. Look at Mark 11. And this is speaking to the mountain. But I want to give you this verse here in Mark 11:24. 24. 
He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. So we got to believe that we already have them before we pray. When we go to God, do we believe that it's already done before we go to him? See, when we go to God, we're trusting him. Whoever you go to to get an answer from, that's who you trust in. You know, sometimes we can go in the bank and some of us might go in there and apply for a loan or want to consolidate some things. You going in that bank because you believe they got what you need. You trust in that bank knowing, okay, I can go up in here. I can get my bills consolidated. Everything's going to be all right. You go in there with confidence. You go in there knowing my credit score is where it need to be. I pay all my bills. You know, just because your credit score is right, if you in debt, that still don't help you, right? But you going in there in confidence, knowing that you coming out with what you need. Amen. You, you done checked it out. You know you, you pay your bills. You know your debt ratio ain't too high. You know all these things. So you sit there proudly in confidence knowing I'm coming out of here with my bills consolidated. Now let's say this. Let's say God speak to you and he said, I want you to go to the bank this morning. And I want you to tell them you want to consolidate these credit cards. Now in your mind you're saying, wait a minute, my credit score, I know it's tore up. And in your mind, you're saying, I'm just too high in debt, God. But God is saying, do as I say. I want you to go to the bank and I want you to ask for this specific person. And when you sit down before them, tell them you want to consolidate, you want to wrap up this debt. So you obeying God. It don't look like it's going to work because you know your credit score ain't good. You know your debt is too high for what you make. But because God told you to do this, you'd rather obey God than man. So as you sitting there and you telling them what you want, they're looking at everything and they're saying, you want to do what? I want to consolidate my bills. I want to bring them all together. And they're just looking and they're shaking their head and they're saying, well, you know, your debt's too high. Your credit score ain't right. Yes, I'm well aware of that. But I'm coming today in the name of Jesus. Some of y'all ain't going to say that. I'm coming today in the name that's above every name. And I'm coming today in obedience to him and not to man. And if I didn't know I wasn't going to get the loan, I wouldn't be sitting here. But I'm obedient to God. So as they sit there and they sit there, the next thing you know, they say, you know what? Because you've been a part of this bank for this many years, I'm going to consolidate this debt. What did God do? He changed their heart. Some people say, oh, that ain't, that ain't right. Yes, it is. Because it's not you trying to do it. You're trusting God to do what he said. We have been in many situations, me and my husband. Man will say no, but I say no. Man say no, but my God says yes. And I know what God said to me, so I'm going on what God is saying to me, not what man have to say to me. And, and y'all know I talked about many times, this is why I'm talking about God is omnipresent. God is Elohim. He's the creator. We can call on him. He will answer us. He will show us great and mighty things that we don't know. You got to know that you don't know just like Ezekiel. You got to humble yourself and say, God, I don't know, but I know you know. You know what's right. You know what's best. And I'm going to tell you something. That's when God uh, tests us to see if we're going to trust him more than we trust man. We were in a situation, and I told y'all this, and I'm, I pray that this helps somebody again. 
I'm bringing it out again. We don't talk about, you know, when it comes to my daughter and where she went to school and how she got there. We just give God glory and I mention it as God allows me to. But I remember, I'm going to start from when there was no money in the bank, none for her to go. I asked her to choose the school she wanted to go to, write it on a little sticky and bring it to me. So when she wrote them down, I stuck them up there on my desk and I said, well, God, this is where she says she want to go, but you know where she need to be. So you let me know where you want her to be and I'm going to trust you. That's the first thing I said. I'm going to trust you. When I lay down that night, God showed me UNC Chapel Hill. And somebody had asked me, where do your daughter want to go? I said, she want to go to UNC Chapel Hill. And I said, that's where she want to go. And I heard that's where she's going to be. I said, okay, it's UNC Chapel Hill. But when I looked at the price of UNC Chapel Hill, I said, okay, God, you say UNC Chapel Hill. Now we need the money for her to go to UNC Chapel Hill. And it sure ain't in my bank. So, Lord, you got to tell us what to do. See, I'm praying. I'm calling on him. I'm seeking him because I had nothing in the bank. Matter of fact, the only plan I had was God. Didn't have a retirement. <laughs> Didn't have none of that stuff. Five, what you call it? 501? I'm calling it 501. 401k. We have none of that. The only thing we had was a word for, from the Lord. So I'm seeking him. God, what is the next step? He said, tell her to apply for every scholarship she can. I said, Ariel, apply for every scholarship. My baby even applied for, um, was it a basketball? Basketball scholarship. Yes, so I ain't never played a sport in her life. I say apply for every scholarship you can, baby, because I'm going off of the word of the Lord because I knew it wasn't in our bank. Y'all hear me? It was not a in the bank, but I'm going off of what God said. When she applied for all of those scholarships, they had to go to school and they were having a reward ceremony. Now, I knew about three that she had. Y'all, when we were sitting there in that reward ceremony, the Lord, um, well, let me back up. A gentleman stood up doing the award ceremony. He said, I have a, a, a award to give, a scholarship, and we don't normally give this to any and everybody. So the parents of the one that I'm going to call out, you need to stand because this is not given to any and everybody. So I'm just looking around, looking around. He said, well, the parents of Aria Bryant stand up. He said, we're going to give her a $12,000 scholarship. I said, glory be to God. So we sat there, and then as I was sitting there, I saw the lady at State Employees Credit Union. She sat beside me. I said, hey, how you doing? She said, I'm doing all right. And I said, well, maybe she got a child to go here or something. So we were sitting there, and they called out another scholarship. They said, we got one from State Employees um, Credit Union for $10,000, and it's going to Area Bryant. <laughs> okay, glory, God. We'll take it. Bring it on. Bring it on. So then we kept on, and as we sat there, my baby even got a scholarship from Diva. Somebody Diva, something Diva, got that scholarship. They gave her roses. Then next thing I know, here she come again, getting scholarship after scholarship after scholarship. And then they gave her the basketball scholarship. And I remember Tashana called me. She said, I'm going to ask you a question. How did she get a basketball scholarship? She ain't I said, but God, Tashana. She said, amen. <laughs> then the Lord, when I got home, I got in prayer. I was praising God, giving him glory for everything that he has done. And God said, I ain't finished yet. She got another one coming. I said, okay, God, glory be to God. 
So as I sat there, maybe it was about a week or two, UNC Chapel Hill called. And they said, we've been trying to get up with Ariel Bryant. I said, well, this is her mother. What can I do for you? They said, I want to tell you this first of all. We don't normally do this. They say, but she has been chosen for this. And we're going to give her $20,000. Look at God. I said, okay, God, we give you glory for that. And each time something would come up. Let me tell you, and Ariel's my witness. She would come to me and she said, mama. This is what they said I need. I said, Ariel, you already got it. I said, you already got it. And Ariel will look at me. I said, listen here. I'm not paying not one dime. Hello, somebody. Because I know my God is well able to do exactly what he said. Let me tell you something. It kept coming and coming and coming. Five months she will graduate. Five months. Y'all, let me tell you something. In the beginning, when she was trying to get in nursing school, they didn't have, they needed 400 students, Ariel, something like that. 100. 100 students. And she said, Mama, they only need 100 students. I said, Girl, you already in nursing school before they even make a decision. Mama, they said they only need 100 I said, you there. Give God glory. Because see, I was praising God all the way through. I wasn't waiting on nothing. I already knew what God was going to do because he's God. He just told me to praise him. And how about Ari got chosen? Y'all, let me tell you. It's not because of me. It's not because of my husband. It's because of us knowing him. When you know him and you trust him, you don't have to come up with a, wait a minute. You can come up with the plan, but you got to allow God to lead you with that plan. You got to trust God in that plan. And I remember Tashana Bryant was going to UNC Chapel Hill and she had to apply. What was it for Sonia? (laughs) Branch, close to it. I get Lashana and Trishana mixed up. The Moorhead King Scholarship. And I remember it was you called me, Sonia. Trishana called me. I said, you already got it. I said, you already got it because that's where God wants you to be. You're going to be there. And guess what? She's at UNC Chapel Hill with the scholarship. See, you got, yo, why am I telling you all this? I'm not telling you this to brag and to boast because that's not who I am. I'm bragging and I'm boasting on God because I'm on verse 3 when it says, if you call unto me, I will answer you. See, some of us don't spend time calling on God. We spend time trying to work it out ourselves. Our children have to see the hands of God. They have to see God working in our lives to know he will work in their lives. If they always see handouts from you, they're not going to get to know Elohim. They're not going to get to know L.L. Yarn if they always look to you to fix it instead of looking up and say, God, I can't do this, but I know you can. We got to teach our children in the way of the Lord because we're not going to be here always. We got to let them know you got to learn how to call on him. You got to know that he's going to answer. You got to know that he's going to show you great and mighty things. It's not about us. It's all about him. Come on. We got to bring our children to a place that they know that he alone is worthy. 
And my son, Jolly Green Giant, bless his heart. This testimony here about the stimulus. You know, everybody waiting on the stimulus. And my son said, Mama, everybody getting this check but me. I let him talk. He calling all over the world. Mama, can you call here for me? Can you call there for me? Mama, it ain't showing up. They told me it was going to be here. Mama, it ain't here. So I just went and started praising and giving God glory, telling God, thank you, God, for everything you're doing, everything that you have done. And then the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to speak to everybody's bank account where the enemy is trying to keep back what belongs to them. And I want you to speak a release right now. I said, okay, I do it. I say in the name of Jesus, every stimulus check that's held up, every stimulus check that is not in the place that it need to be, you go to the place you need to go. And I speak release to these bank accounts in Jesus name. So I ended that, went in there and was doing my makeup. The Lord say, check the account, check the account. Hey, so I called my son. I said, Hey baby, how you doing? He said, good mama. I say, Check your account. But before I did that, I told my son, I said, Jeremy, God is still God. And God sits on the throne. And he know what you need, when you need it. You're working. You're getting a paycheck. Don't you depend on stimulus. Depend on God. Give God glory that you already have it. And just go on about your business. Don't be calling nowhere else. Do you hear what I said? Yes, mom, I hear you. Same day now, after God spoke, I called him. I said, check your bank account. He checked, he said, I can't even remember what he said, but he was praising God. He said, Mama, he said, I got chills coming all over me. <laughs> Not because of the money, but because he recognized what God just, y'all got to hear what I'm saying. You got to teach your children in the way that they should go. And God began to manifest himself for his children over and over again. And that's why we don't wait till something happens. We send these prayers up to God before they happen because the Holy Spirit will remind us what to pray. God will prompt us and say, I want you to speak over this person today. I want you to say this over them today. We have to hear the word of the Lord just like Ezekiel. We just can't sit around and wait on things. We have to be still and know that he's God and begin to seek him while he can be found. If you're seeking him, it's because you're trusting him. If you're seeking him, it's because you know he has the answer and you don't. That's in a humbling position. We got to quit getting above ourselves. Y'all, let me tell you something. Sometime in situations, you know, you say, God, I know what you said. But seem like God, it's been a long time. And seem like God, it hasn't manifested. And God will let me know it's already done. He said it's already happened in the spirit. But you ain't seen the manifestation yet in the physical because you got to see it spiritually first. When you looking, you got to see yourself have what you're saying. When you see yourself having what you're saying, you know you already got it. But if you don't see yourself with it, see, you got to go back in the word of God and say, God, this is what you said. You got to remind yourself on a daily basis until you see clearly what God has said. So he said, if you call upon me, I will answer thee. I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. So God is saying, I'm all knowing. 
I know all about you. Going back to Psalms 139. Now we're talking about God being omniscient, being all-knowing. Go to Psalms 139 again. This is David. He dealt with David a lot, didn't he? David had a lot going on when it was dealing with God. The reason why? David trusted God. He humbled himself. And this is what David told God. He said, O oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. That means he said, you have examined me and you know all about me. To get answers from God when you're calling on him, you're calling on him because he know all about you. Oh, y'all think about it. Think about it. God knows all about you. God knows all about you. He know more about you than man. Y'all come on. I don't care what man you go to. They don't know about you like God. They don't. He created you from the top of. He even know how many hairs. Who wouldn't want to go to a God who knows how many hairs are in your. He know when they fall out too. He know when you're missing them. He knows because he is God. He, David say, you know all about me. Do we believe today that God know all about us? Let's, let's just quit. Let's just repent right now. Because I'm going to prove something to you. We say God know all about us, but why are we asking man about us? Hello, somebody? If God knows all about us, why do we ask man about us? Why do we go to somebody else about us? If we know God know all about us, we don't have to go to nobody else because God will go to them for us to bring confirmation back to us that he knows. Have you ever been in a situation and you didn't tell nobody about your situation? You just talk to God about your situation because you know that God know all about your situation. Then one day you meet someone that you don't know nothing about and they stop you and they say, God said he's already answered. He's already heard your cry. And God said it shall be fulfilled. Who wouldn't want to serve a God like that? Who wouldn't want to serve a God that already knows? See, I can go to my husband, but... He won't know not unless God tell him. And if he's not in a place to hear God, he can't tell me nothing. So that's why we have to be in a place to know that God knows and then to keep us from looking to everybody else. See, before I really got to know God for myself, I was calling on every prophet I could, chasing every word I could chase. But when God got me in a place with him, he said, I'm not going to send nobody else to you. I want you to get to know me for yourself. Oh, y'all, that's some tough love. Because when you don't get a word from somebody about what God said, you feel like God ain't hearing me. But God does hear. Because God already know, y'all. He know everything about you. So when we look at David, he said, God, you know me. He said, thou know my spirit. When I sit down, my uprising, thou understand my thoughts are far off. God know when you sit down, he know when you rise up, he know your thoughts from afar off. And guess what? He know all about you. That's what David is saying. He know all about me. He know what I'm thinking before I think it. Oh, y'all, that's terrible. 
God know what you're thinking before you think it. He know when you have lust in your heart for a woman or man before you lust. He knows. That's why he'll send somebody to somebody and say, get rid of that lust. Get rid of that spirit of perversion that's in you. God will use somebody to show you something you don't see. Because he know you. He know what you're going to do before you do it. Some of us say, I ain't going to get this no more. I ain't going to be involved in that no more. And God say, you're just lying. I know all about you. He said, I know what you're going to do before you do it. I ain't going to go out and get no more credit cards. Quit lying. Because you know you're going to get one as soon as you give them that social security number and they give you that card, you're going to swipe that one and that one's going to be over the limit. Come on, God know all about you. Come on, God know you. We got to understand that God know when we say I love you. God said, no, you don't. You hate him. God knows you. I'm going to pray for you. God said, no, you're not going to pray for them because if you were going to pray, grab that hand and begin to pray. I know you. I know all about you. I know how you feel rejected. I know your pride. I know how you gossip. I know all. I know you're going to gossip even before you gossip. I know you're going to be nosy even before you're going to be nosy. I know your thoughts from afar off. You saying you heal, but I know you, you're not believing you heal. I already know you. Sometimes God will let us go through some stuff to know that he's still God. Sometimes we want to come out of that fire before time. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew God. They could trust him because they were obeying him. When you obey his word, God ain't going to let nothing befall you because you're trusting in his word. Come on, they went in the fiery furnace. They come out not even smelling like smoke because he was in there with them. He was their present help. God knew that they were going to get in that fire before they went in that fire. God already had a plan to bring them out. Come on, can we trust him? He's an all-knowing God. He know all about you. We don't go into the word of God and say, oh, he's just speaking to David. No, he's speaking to me. That's why we wait on the Lord. We don't grab something because it feels good. We grab it because God knows that's what we need. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of good and not evil. God knows the plans, y'all. So why wouldn't we go to God instead of picking up this and picking up that? We need to stand still and say, God, you know what you want for me in my life. We don't just do something because somebody else do it if that's not the plan of God. We don't tell our children to do this if that's not the plan God has for them. We need to be praying over them and say, God, you know all about them. God, you know where they need to be for such a time as this. Because, y'all, I know when I call on him, God will answer me. Without a doubt, he will answer. Because that's a promise to me. So I stand on that and say, God, I'm calling on you. God, I'm seeking you because I don't know what to do in this situation. But God, even though I don't know what to do, I feel your peace. So I'm just going to ride off of that right now, God. Because if it's anything else you want me to know or do, you're going to tell me. So I'm going to rest in you, God, and not in me. People get mad when you're resting in God when everything else is tore up. When you're not running around like everybody else, people are mad because they want you to do like they're doing. No, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I don't do what the world does. I only do what God says. 
I want to see what God want me to see so I can do what God want me to do. Come on. Jesus walked amongst sickness. He walked amongst disease, but he only went on who he was. He didn't go on what was around him. He didn't even supposed to be around the man with leprosy. But Jesus didn't look to leprosy. He looked to God. He said, if it's your will, you will heal me. And Jesus said, it is my will. Be healed. The man was made whole. You can't go on what's around you. You got to go on him and what he's already said. For as a man thinketh, in his heart, so is he. So does he become, if you always thinking you're going to be by yourself and everybody else is getting married, yeah, you're going to be by yourself, even though God got a plan for you. Sometimes God can't put nobody with you because you got some issues. And he want those issues worked out before you go into a marriage. But we don't want to wait because we want to be like everybody else. Everybody else got a husband. Everybody else got a man. I'm tired of being by myself. Well, you need to say, God, you know the plan. That you have for me. And God, when it's time for me to have a mate, when it's time for me to have a child, oh, thank you, Lord. You can have a child when you quit acting like a child. That's what I was hearing. Some of us still acting like children and want children. You won't even be able to take care of them because you can't take care of yourself. Because you won't listen. We got to grow up in him. And it takes the word of God for us to grow up in him. And David was letting us know. He said, thou can pass my path, my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. He's acquainted with all of our ways. Listen at this. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou know it altogether. Before you're going to say anything, God know what you're going to say. Ooh, that's deep. Can we just go to the altar and repent now? Because God already know what we think it. He already know what we're going to say. He already know what's going to roll off our tongue before we say it. Some people be playing dodgeball. Be trying to dodge everything. Trying to do things sneakily. But God said, I already know your ways. I already know what you're going to say before you say it. And we got to even get rid of those things because eventually it's going to come out of your mouth. Some of us can play the grace card, but actually we're not living by grace. We're living by how we feel. Some things we don't want to do, but God will tell us to do it. And sometimes we don't understand why God is telling us to do it. But what we got to know is God is all-knowing. God know what need to be done, when it need to be done, and how it need to be done. So that's why we have to hear him. If when you ask, we always supposed to go to God and say, God, do I need to do this at this time? If you hear him say, no, wait. That means no, wait. Don't go do it because it feels good. Don't go do it because the money can be put in your hand quickly. But that money can leave your hand quickly too. And then you left with a debt that you can't pay. You're going to go through that. Because God is going to teach you why you're going through it so you won't go through it again. This is what God does. God uses people to tell you, no, it's not the time. Sometimes we don't understand and sometimes they don't understand. They just say, I'm going to give you a word from the Lord. He's saying, no, it's not the time. That's all he's saying. Well, why it ain't the time? God said, it's just not the time and I can't give you nothing else. Then you go out and do what God told you not to do. And then you find out it wasn't time for you to do it. Because you went, y'all, God is all knowing. He know everything. He know when sicknesses are going to try to come out against you. So God will begin to reveal to you and he will begin to say, break that power. 
The enemy is trying to send this at you. Break it in Jesus' name. God is going to let you know because you are his children. God loves you more than you really love yourself. So he's not going to let nothing attack you without you being made aware of it. God's going to tell you about it. But we have to be in a place to hear God. We have to come down off our high horse. Sometimes people want other people to know, look at me. Woe is me. I got it going on. But you really don't have it going on. So we got to quit watching other folks and we have to look to him who is the author and finisher of our faith. So David knew that God knew. He said, thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. I love verse six. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. David knew he did not have God knowledge. Now let me go somewhere for somebody to get mad. We got people looking to the scientists. And if the scientists ain't looking to God, you better not look to the scientists. When I speak on these subjects, people get mad and say, you can't be saying that because you don't know. God knows. I'm only speaking what God is telling me to speak. See, we so naturally minded, we're no heavenly good. We look to everything that man says and we say, this is how it's going to be. But if that's not how God says it's going to be, that's not how it's going to be. God always lined his word up, y'all. He always just showed me a movie. He showed me a movie of a young boy. He was playing basketball. He was very good at basketball. And he had two other friends or three other friends. And they, since they were little, they was always hanging with each other. The one friend had a brother that was into drugs. He was into bad stuff. So he told his brother, I'm going to take you with me and I'm going to show you how to make money by doing nothing. So when he took his brother, he took him to the meth lab and he was showing him all the drugs. His brother said, no, I'm not going to be a part of this. The man that was over this, he said, yes, you will. They took him in a car. They had a gun in the car. His brother had the gun. His brother shot the gun in the midst of a crowd. And the bullet hit his best friend. He hit, when it hit the friend, it had paralyzed him. Um, he, was, he was brain dead. And the friend knew what had happened, and he was wearing it on his conscience. Long story short, the daddy of the boy that got shot, he was a minister. He was a preacher. Now, he's preaching to them on God. But when this happened to his son... He began to say, if I find out who done this, I'm going to kill him, 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 I'm going to kill him. It was coming out because that was his child. One of the people that was in his congregation said, calm down, pastor. It's going to be all right. You got to calm down, pastor. Somebody in his congregation had to calm him down. So it got to the point that this young man who was laying there in that bed with no um, brain dead, his sister went into his diary and he was writing things to God. She took the things out of his diary that he was writing, sending to another friend. And this friend, when he read the scripture she sent, he didn't know it was her. He said, he's speaking. The dad said, I'm going to have to pull the plug because there's no brain activity. I'm going to let somebody else have his organs. The friend said, he said, no, not yet. 
he said, no, not yet. Now, the girl is sending these messages and didn't even understand the messages. She just pulled them out her brother's diary. So he said, no, not yet. So the preacher went and prayed and prayed, and he signed the papers after it was a no, not yet, to go ahead and donate his organs. So they flew up to get the organs, and the friends was in the room with him, and they said, Let, let's pray. So they began to pray. And as they began to pray, it was a friend that was always laughing and cutting the food. And he was saying, oh, the monitors, they're going to wake up. He's going to wake up. He was speaking those things that be not as though they were. Guess what, y'all? He woke up. They prayed over him, and he woke up. It looked as if the daddy had let him go. It looked as if this girl was going to get his organs. But that was not God's way. See, we got to know what God's will is for every given situation. We got to know that God is all knowing that he is above us. We're not above him. So whatever situation you're in or whoever is coming to you with a situation, you got to turn them to God. You can't turn them to you and have them dependent on you. You have to say, first of all, I don't know, but God does. And when I hear from him, I'll let you know. So I'm not going to tell you nothing out of what I don't know. So we have to know that God knows y'all. He's all knowing. So when you begin to pray, look to him and say, God, I'm coming to you because you know more than I know. I know how I feel. I know what's going on with me. But God, you already know. And I'm looking to you for an answer. Those first three verses in Jeremiah had all of that in it. You know how I got all of that out of it? waiting on the Lord and saying, God, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to bring? And he started with verse one and went through the Bible. Then verse two, he went through the Bible. Verse three, he went through the Bible. He said, my people need to know I know more than man. And until you believe I know more than man, they're going to keep going through what they're going through because they think I don't know. God lets us know, I know what you're going to ask for. Before you ask. He said, I know what you're in the need of before you ask. And if he already know y'all, why aren't we going to the one that know instead of going to people that really don't know? Trust God. Go to him and let him know, God, I don't know. But you know all things. God, this is what I want to do. But God, I don't want to do it if this is not what you would have for me to do. Go to 1 John chapter 5. And this is what we got to do when we go into him. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Y'all, that's a promise. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. So you got to have confidence in him to know that he knows all things. Last testimony, and I'm just using us because I know where we've been and the things that we go through. We had to get a roof for our rental property. And in getting this roof, they had checked on it before and they were saying we didn't need one. But how many know God knows? He know the perfect timing. He know when the roof need to be put on and everything. 
So when I would walk down the road, I would look down there and say, new roof coming to you. In Jesus' name, roof is going to be put on. I command it in Jesus' name. But let me tell you what happens in between time. That's why we have to be so careful. We can't be anxious. We have to continue to wait on God, speak the word and the word only, and say, God, this is what you said. And waiting on this roof, we knew this person that said that they do roofs, and they could put the roof on. So what happened was with him saying that they could put the roof on, and, you know, they worked with the insurance company, da-da-da-da-da. So long story short, when you put a middleman in between what God is doing, you can get caught up in some stuff that ain't right. But anyway, God has a way of working things out. So what God had us doing when the man looked at the roof, the insurance man, let me tell you something, we didn't have to say nothing to this man. He went in there and told us everything that needed to be done, and he was going to work with us to make sure it was done. We said nothing. Long story short, we got that new roof, and we didn't have to pay nothing for that roof. God worked that thing out, y'all, because he knew what we had and what we didn't have. Not only did that happen... But our well went out, our pump. That went out. When the pump go out, the heating and the air go out. So for a whole week, no heat in the house. But thank God we had a fireplace. We give God for that heat. But everything was coming. And to put in this stuff would cost $9,000. The roof by itself, they estimated 12000 But I knew, mm-mm. So we had all of this back-to-back hitting us, but God. So we just giving God glory, giving him honor, giving him praise. But I told my husband before the well went out, I said, we're going to have to get a new heating and air unit. I feel it in my spirit, and I believe God's going to work that out. Because when the well go out, that means our system don't work because it run off of water. So I said, God, you can do this. Just show me what to do and how to do it. Let me tell you something. He wrapped up the roof. He wrapped up the heat and air unit. He wrapped, he wrapped up the, um, what is it? Water pump? That was the one? The water, he wrapped all of that up. The blessings of the Lord makes you rich and adds no struggle to it. You know why? Because I say, God, this ain't on me. This is on you. And I'm going to give you glory that all of it is done And it's done the way you will have it to be done. Let me tell you the goodness of God. Now, for the plumbing people to come out, they charge $135 an hour to fix something. I told my husband, see, God will let you know who to call. And it ain't Ghostbusters. But he'll let you know who to call. So in prayer, I asked my husband, I said, could you call this certain person and ask them, do they know a plumber? Immediately when he called this person, They said, yes, we do. God is so good. This man traveled to our house. Check this out, y'all. And he did not charge us. I ain't even going to tell you what he charged. But I tell you something. What he charged was mm, low, very low. This man ended up coming to our house three times and would not take nothing. Y'all tell me there ain't a God. When you call on him, and that's what I had to do, I trusted that he would answer. I said, God, you ain't going to allow us to be in the cold. You're not going to allow us to have 
to sit here and, and go through. You're going to let us know what to do. So I'm in prayer saying, God, show us. Show us what to do. Show us how to do it. Show us when to do it. And everything he showed me, I did it. And guess what? It turned out for the good. What the enemy meant for harm, God turned it around for good. Did anybody in this congregation hear that your pastor didn't have no heat? Did anybody hear that they didn't have no water coming from the well? Did anybody hear that she needed a roof on her rental property? You know why? Because God knows. And I pray to him. And if he wanted anybody to know that was praying, he would let them know. That's how it worked, y'all. That's how we work. We call on him. That's my scripture. God, I done called on you. You already done answered me. And you're going to show me great and mighty things that I don't know. And guess what, y'all? He did it. So what I'm bringing to you is what he's already brought to me. And I bring it to you to let you know he's still God. He's all-knowing. Don't you give up on God. Don't you get in the company of people who turn your testimony into a lie. Don't you get into the company of people and be telling them all your business and then they telling you, well, you need to try this and that feel good at the time. No, you need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You need to wait on him because God will always come through for you. It don't matter what it looked like. It don't matter what it appeared to be. He will always come through because God is not man. I want y'all to get this in your head. He is not man. And let me tell you something. If something happened, it's not because of God that it happened. It's because of us not believing in what he said. God want us now, y'all. This is the time. Take him at his word. Because everything else ain't going to last. He said heaven and earth is going to pass away. But the word is the only thing that's going to stand. Y'all, man don't know. We have to pray for man. They're doing the best they can. They're saying we want to save your lives. The only way we can be saved is through Jesus. But that's all they know. They go on what they know. But God's knowledge is above what they know. So we have to pray and say, God, give them what they need. That's the only way, y'all. Prayer is what's going to change this nation. Praying according to the word. Quit looking to man. It's things coming, y'all. It's coming. And God want the body of Christ be, to be prepared for what's coming because right now they don't know. So let's pray for them because they don't know. And all the money they may give to us, it may feel good at the moment, but it can't save you. Jesus is the only way. He is the only way. So know today that God is all-knowing. He sees what you're going through. He's already worked. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Open your Bibles again. He reminded me of something. As soon as I open my mouth. Listen at this. Verse 14 in Psalms 139. Or 15, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. So what it's saying is everything about us is already written. Can you imagine? 
Everything about us is written. God know what's going to happen before it happens. When we get up, we need to say, God, you already know what's going to happen in this day. God, lead and guide me. Show me the way you will have me to go so I can walk in it. Because you already prepared this day for me. So I want to walk according to what you have already prepared. God already know, y'all. It's already written and it's not going to be changed. So please start going to him and say, God, this is what I laid down for my life. But you already know. So God, if this is not the direction you want me to go in, show me that direction. Lead me in that way. Lead me into a plain path. God is all-knowing. So let's start going to him and seeking him while he can be found. He know about our children. He know about our jobs. He know about our husband. He know about our wife. He know about everything. So start going to him and quit depending on man for the answer and depend on him who is the answer. He's your answer. Come on, just take the time and spend time with him and be still and say, God, I don't know. Some of us ain't got to that point yet because we're full of pride. So I break the spirit of pride that's in this room. And I lose humility in the name of Jesus. And I'm saying it's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about him. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Announcements, please. 